Welcome to the one-to-one. I'm your host, M. Branson. My guest for this fifth episode of season two is Clara Volstead, a Canadian trans femme artist whose primarily 3D artwork explores themes such as identity, loss, and connection in the digital world. The show notes will have links to her Twitter profile. Be sure to give her a follow. This conversation was a long time coming, and I'm so happy to share it with you all. Let's go. part of the day is a cup of coffee in the morning morning cup of coffee in the morning and then it's all downhill from there <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it maybe realized how addicted i am to caffeine but like it's okay i feel like it's better to be addicted to caffeine than a lot of other things so that's true yeah maybe maybe not there's the but, yeah there's a yeah. lot of like a uh, varying evidence also that coffee is more innocuous and can have some benefits if if you know had in in small quantities so i'm a i'm an enabler enjoy that caffeine for sure (laughs) awesome well yeah aeropress is (laughs) aeropress is great too i do have one of those i love it for traveling so like maybe i could get them to sponsor me or something you know i can just talk about aeropress every every start of show here and uh get people to go get one (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a great machine and they're Honestly, not even that expensive. I think they're like, what, like 30 bucks? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I don't even use the paper filters. I found a company that has the metal, has a metal filter um, that helps with like the crema uh, when you pull or push the shot. Um, anyway, sorry. Gosh, I got to change the subject. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're a coffee person. Like, uh, you're one of, you're a coffee person. Like, I get, I see you now. It's right. special. It's special. Like I said, I'm like watching myself now. I'm like, you should, my cheeks are burning. I'm like, you need to, you need to steer, steer away from this subject. <laughs> You're going to lose people real fast. <laughs> oh man. But it's funny because my first question that I ask everybody and we'll get into this in a second is like, if we were having a beverage, what would we have? You know? So, um, we'll come back to beverages in a second, but I should set the room and kind of kick us off, make it more official. If you, if you're ready to go, I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. Cool. Well, welcome everybody. This is the one-to-one. It's a, uh, well now weekly ish, (laughs) weekly dash dash I S H, uh, podcast that I put out and uh, host here in Twitter spaces. I love to interview people in the live setting and maybe get a couple of questions from the audience at the end. So if you're here, please, uh, prep your questions. I'd love to have them, have you up on stage, I should say. But yeah, the one-to-one is focused on the women, trans and non-binary creators, artists, builders, everything in between, um, especially in the NFT space here in Web3. And today I have Clara, and I'm going to not say your last name until you do, because I won't butcher it. But um, Clara is an amazing artist and inspiration to me in this space. And I can't wait to hear everything you have to share with us. So I'm M, uh, M Branson. My pronouns are she, her coming to you from Portland, Oregon today. And, uh, Clara, welcome. Please introduce yourself and let us know your pronouns and where you're at. Hi, um, my name is Clara Volstad and I'm from Alberta, Canada. And yeah, my pronouns are she, her, my mom's in the audience. Hi mom. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I do 3D art, and I talk a lot of shit on Twitter. You do. I'm glad you brought that up because your your spicy <laughs> takes are some of my favorite. I'm like, I wish I was brave enough to to just lay it out there like that sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, kudos kudos to you for uh, for saying what you think. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and so it's important. I don't know. People are so scared, and I like I get it. Yeah. But. Yeah, it feels like nobody's ever goes opposed if they're throwing money around. But um, anyways, <laughs> no, it's I mean it's a really good it's a good point. I think I don't even how my perspective on it is more of a like I don't really have the energy to want to get into it with people. And the thing I see you 
do is put your opinion out there and you don't invite that back and forth too often. And that's the thing that I'm not sure I could do. <laughs> so when I say you're an inspiration, I like the energy you bring to it. You know, you're forthright, you have an opinion, you leave it at that and you don't really let it turn into a, a, a conversation fest where you let everybody make sure everybody feels good about everything. And I'm definitely a kumbaya kid. Like, is, are you okay? Can I share my opinion with you? But we're still okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely can step on toes a lot of the times. I mean, did you see my tweet last night? I have like 1,300 people have blocked me. Oh, no. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm so out of the loop. No, this morning I'm just kind of like bopping around, woke up late. Yeah, I'll have to check it out afterward. I mean, what was the what was the spicy nature? What were you, what was the topic? Um, I think that a lot of it, I'm not sure. I've talked so much shit. I feel like a lot of it probably came from, like, the Nikki Papers era. Because, like, I was popping off around then. was when I was really going after people. Yes, that was a special uh, time. Definitely. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that period. Um, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, like you said, I feel like I just have very strong opinions on stuff. And at least when it comes to the Internet, it's like, I don't open the floor to people because I'm so used to dealing with the absolute, like, worst sorts of people online, mm -hmm. you know? So it's because, like, literally that's a, that's a cool part, and that's also the scary part about the Internet is everybody's like, oh, free speech. But literally, like, anybody can say anything, right? It could be, like, some dude in Alaska who, like, lives in his mom's basement, like, talking shit right and they like literally have like a monkey photo and they think they're better than everybody else yeah you know what i mean yep. so like why would i give why would i give them the time of day you know a hundred percent yeah and I, I i respect that you don't you know that you you do but you don't so yeah well i'm sorry that your people are blocking you they're just missing out you know if i mean it's okay i feel like it's better than that better better that way than people constantly coming after me yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean it's a it's a good it's a strong curation tool right you have you're drawing people to you with who you are and being who you are and i think that's the way it should be so yep i'm biased though i think claire is awesome you're awesome thank you um oh. yeah i don't know i just i feel like it's important be like honest takes right when like not putting your like it's so funny right because i've seen so many people like try to play like the most diplomatic way in order to retain customers right and like retain clients and retain you know collectors mm -hmm. in a certain sense they're like oh i just gotta play like the um the safe cards you know to not piss anybody off and I feel like I've gone after more collectors than most people or pretty much anybody. And, you know, when they're being a shit, I don't, like, care that they're throwing money around, right? And, like, yeah. I know a lot of people don't because they're, cause they're like, oh, but what if they, like, want to buy a piece of art from me? And it's literally, like, um, what was I going to say? It's literally, like, if they have that sort of opinion, they're never going to buy art from me anyways. Yeah. So what do I have to lose? You know, and honestly, like a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of just like my presence in the space has been built up on that. So it's just, it's like benefited me in the long run more than like hurting me. Cause you see communities like say, <laughs> actually maybe I shouldn't point out fingers, but certain quote-unquote feminist organizations tippy-toeing around every single issue and then hurting more people than they're helping and um i just don't i just don't fuck with that you know and i like refuse to work with those people and i refuse to like be a part of anything like that and it's worked out for me you know yeah yep nope. so. i totally i totally respect that yeah and i think that you know your identity comes through so you have such a strong voice. It comes through so clear, right? And uh, I think that's the, the thing that I I definitely maybe over-index on with uh, with how you communicate. But that I, when I say I take inspiration from it, that's that's what it is. It's 
is that Claire shows up. There's no doubt who you are. And do you want the collectors collecting from you that don't resonate with that? I don't, I don't know. I would say not. I get that people have a likely or a livelihood here. Um, I don't know. I wrestle with that though. Uh, I have a luxury of having a full-time job still. So yeah, I don't need to rely on the collector base and their, uh, their praise or not for my well-being, and maybe that maybe I'd feel differently if I if it was. I'm not sure. No, it's true though, right? Like, there's been a few points where I've pissed people off, and it's definitely like hurt me in a lot of ways. You know, most like really big collectors. You know, like I don't know, whatever the people who are buying pieces for like a hundred ETH, those type of people. Like, they don't touch my shit. Um, it's mainly like random or I guess like with K-Bots, it was all like just like a mint out or whatever. But I feel like most of the people who actually end up buying my art are just other artists or, you know, like smaller time people who aren't like, quote unquote, like playing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but the thing is, it's like, you know, like all sketchy industries, um, the people who play the game, they're not going to start pumping and like bet on artists who are going to cause a stink, you know, like I don't get brought into the sketchy stuff cause they know I wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> like, um, and like with my education, with my background, one of the things that resonated with me the most is just like teacher, like this one teacher, he told me like how the art market works and he's like, this is just how it is, right? Like collectors and curators and gallerists will literally manipulate how much your art sells for. And you could have like stellar reviews and like unbelievable, you know, reputation, whatever. But unless there's like somebody actually like handing you the money, you know, it doesn't matter in a, in a lot of ways. Right. So it kind of get, creates this like double edged sword where it's, you know, you can make a whole bunch of money, but it's like dirty or you can play it really, really safe and probably like not get to the same point. Right. And it's like, it's weird to think about because like, I don't know, I'm on, I'm on super rare and stuff, like, all that, but I wonder, like, if how different my career would be if I just, like, kept my mouth shut and just posted art, and it's like, okay, maybe these people would have brought me in to a certain extent, or would I just have, like, never even gotten on the map in the first place? You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a weird thing to think about. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a very fascinating avenue to go down. Um, all of the the possibilities of how this space could go or how your art career could, the trajectories it could have based on how you show up uh, in the space or interact with people or the, the opportunities you choose to take or don't take um, for sure. And by the way, like, let's not gloss over. I'm stoked that you're on super rare. I think you deserve it. Um, so many people deserve it, but it's, it's been great to watch your trajectory and um, yeah, even with small time collectors or and the artists, as you say, uh, buying your work, I think that's what we want to see, right? Is that these uh, from the from the people, so to speak, into those curated spaces, seeing artists shine and and flourish. So yeah, it's it's awesome. It's good stuff. Totally. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I also think that because NFTs do come with so much stigma and like do come with so many issues and, you know, ways that they haven't been accepted by the wider art market, you know, like obviously we've had like some of these sales and stuff, but like, let's be real here. It's not because of like artistic merit. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of fine art collectors who don't touch NFTs because like some of the prices that NFTs demand, it's like you can literally buy like a Picasso, you know what I'm saying? So totally. we have to get over a, we have to get over a lot of humps, I think, before just like people who are buying it for the art get completely involved. Yeah, I mean, and, um, and I'm I'm actually stoked to see that. Like, <laughs> you're talking a bit about that too, like how your your teacher was telling you how the how the space was, how the how curation works, how the galleries work, and you know, I'm curious. Like, do you see it? the potential for it to be different here? There's those humps, but like, do you have, what's your thought on that? Like, do you see the NFT space having the potential to go beyond that, to change the, the scope of how that works? 
Um, I think I, I like to be optimistic about it, of course, but I think in a lot of ways it's going to end up just being the art market plus, you know what I mean? Um, honestly, like the level that profile picture projects have gotten to is insane. And I think it's really hurt NFTs like as being seen as like an art form, just like a purely art form. Um, I think it's going to take some intervention by some like pretty serious institutions to bring up, like to bring, I guess, collecting just NFT art, like as an investment for people who would otherwise be investing into regular art. Um, I think it's going to take a while. So I, I think these institutions move slow and I think like Sotheby's and Christie's have gotten involved because they can see how much money there is to be made. But I think it's not going to be until MoMA has like, a permanent digital art collection or, you know, certain contemporary galleries are trying to bring in NFTs, not as like a novelty thing, like, like a quote unquote, like NFT gallery. I think it, when it starts to become more normalized and like it's matured and aged for a little bit longer, I think like there's definitely potential for the art market to kind of grow out into something more than, you know, hype. Um, I don't know though. You know, yeah. Nobody knows how it's going to pan out exactly. Yeah. Those are, those are really good thoughts and insights though, for sure. And the, yeah, the collectible fine art divide is one that is really interesting to watch. And I too think that that it's not helping things necessarily that we're all lumped together right now. I think it's probably a little bit of both. There's things that it, it's good bringing eyes and exposure, but it's also tough for pricing and expectation on uh, how things are moving or liquidity and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope I hope it happens in a healthy way. I won't put a time stamp on it. I just hope that it's it's healthy and doesn't doesn't end up burning either either end of the spectrum. Ugh, yeah. I yeah. I think um, the the way things are going right now. Well, obviously we're going through like a market collapse basically at the moment. But um, the way things were headed, it was like. There, there was going to be a limit to it before it burst, you know? Um, yeah. Like, buying swaths of, like, generated pieces for, you know, higher and higher prices for no other reason than you think they're going to go higher, you know, like, that doesn't work. Um, like, obviously, there's a lot of similarities to the regular art market, but just in terms of, like, speculative value, but... You know, when you buy, say, a, like a painting from a famous artist, then you say, I'm going to throw it in my vault for 10 years and then sell it, you know, down the line. And you're buying it because of, like, it has some sort of cultural significance and importance, mm -hmm. you know, like, as a foundation on top of, you know, the speculative value. But when you take out the cultural significance of the artwork and, you know, everything besides hype it's like it doesn't have i guess a strong foundation to be sustainable you know absolutely like yeah um i i do see nfts being picked up in like the long run I, I i just yeah you know it's gonna it's gonna take some time also it's like really funny um i, I was on a i did an interview a little while ago with a somebody who was not involved in NFTs at all. And they were just like, literally not trying to bash them and not trying to like attack me, but just being like, I don't understand this thing like at all. And we like really got into it about just like the levels of like what, you know, a one of one is and like what a collectible is. And it's true, right? Just the perception that all NFTs are like apes and all NFTs are crypto punks, you know, yeah. when, um, it's, the reality is so much different, but, you know, obviously 99% of the market is these collectible projects, so it's, it's hard to get through that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, NFTs go beyond <laughs> art, too, right? We're starting to see that more and more, so. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah with video games and everything as well. But. For sure. Awesome. Well, can I get back to beverages? I really need to know what, what drink I could buy you if we were in person, like, you know, I feel like we should be having this drink at a cafe or a bar or out in the sun somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, so I'd say non-alcoholic. Yeah. Either, 
like uh, like a latte with dolce in it, or you know, um, really good glass of iced tea, or for alcoholic beverages. I'm a prosecco bitch, <laughs> so like. <laughs> Or it's like mimosas and prosecco and champagne is kind of like my alcoholic drink or beer. Um, I don't really do hard alcohol too much unless it's like a very over the top cocktail. Yeah, like a one that takes about fifteen minutes to make, and you just watch the production happen. That's half the fun of it. Though. I know. No, it's an yeah, art form. That's me. Yeah, let's get let's get cocktail NFTs going. My God, that would be weird. I don't know about that. Um, no, that's bad. Um, I'm curious if you have a favorite brand of Prosecco or Champagne. I'm also all, all about that. I love some good bubbles, not all the time, but when it's time. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's the, it's the one with the orange label and it has like a pop top, you know what I'm saying? Like with the hinge on it. Yes, you know one? I think so. Okay. You're also in that Canada, one. so it could be packaged differently. I find that it's a little... It's a little different. <laughs> yeah, up there. Right. yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but it's it's the orange one. Nice. That's the one I like. Nice. <laughs> or I order at restaurants. I'm not I'm not that picky or fancy. Next time I go out, I'll say, Can I get the orange uh champagne with a pop top, please? They have it in Canada. Awesome. <laughs> that really narrows it down. It does. It totally does. All right. Well, we've covered so much stuff already. I'm curious how you describe yourself and, you know, in this space, but even outside of it, you know, artist, collector, all of the above. Yeah. Um, I think mainly just an artist. I mean, like so much of my identity comes from being an artist, you know, I couldn't really see myself doing anything else at this point and I've tried to do other things and make other things work and it just hasn't and you know like art is 90% of my life so it's weird to think that I could do anything else you know yeah um but yeah no when I when I talk to people like like say like a tinder bio first thing is just artist you know so that's uh, that's where I'm at. Love the love the how I see myself. The bio is a Tinder bio, not like you know, like a. You said Tinder, right? Not like Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like because you have to sum up your whole life in like in like one snappy sentence. So, you know. I have a fun. Really boil it down. I have a fun fact. I've never used Tinder. I've never used a dating app because my partner and I got together right before the app, like dating app craze. There was always like online dating. She took part in that. I didn't. But I like we played with Tinder because her sister stayed with us for a bit and we were helping her find her date. But like, yeah, so I kind of get it like because of Twitter bios and things. But I can see what you're saying. Like a, a Tinder bio. Yeah, that needs to be a little bit more succinct. You got to sum it up real quick from all the perspectives. Not about your work. It's about like what you like to do. Yeah, that's funny. For real. I'm, you're lucky. The amount of heartache Tinder has caused me, you have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I've seen friends go through it. I, I empathize for sure. I'm very grateful. I, I joke that if Julie and I did not uh, continue on, I would take a big fat break from relationships and just go get a cabin in the woods or something and exist on my own for a while. So yeah, I feel you. I was thinking about that for a while, but I like the city. <laughs> yeah. I like eating out. That'd be the biggest thing. If like I had a little cabin with like a restaurant next to it, I'd be set. But other than that, like I just don't like cooking. I find cooking so exhausting, you know? It is a lot of work <clears throat> to do it well, especially. Yeah, it's a lot of work for sure. Uh, so when did you start making art then? Like, I, I have no idea when you started dabbling and what did that look like? Um, I mean, like, I started as a kid, but I'd say, like, I actually started doing art more passionately in high school. Um... I was very into painting in high school, and um, I guess a little bit before that, I used to do, I did, like, digital art for a while, so, like, digital painting, or I did a tiny bit of, you know, like, 3D stuff way back in the day, 
And then, um, yeah, after high school, I took a few years off and did photography for a while. And um, I wasn't a very good photographer, but it's okay. I think I took good photos, but I was really shit at being a photographer as a business, you know? (laughs) Um, But uh, then after that, I got back into painting and then went back to school. Um, That's when I went to art school. And um, from there, I kind of just really, really fell in love with it. Um, And uh, it really became like my whole life at that point when I, I fell in love with painting in such a massive way and just like sculpture and everything in art school. And then 3D came actually kind of near like six months into the pandemic, I'd say maybe more like eight months, something in that kind of range. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously become like my biggest love because it feels like such a blend of just everything I really, really enjoy, like the technology side and the creative side. And it doesn't rely on external factors like photography does and also you can just have so many more like depths to it over painting yeah so like i definitely really really fell into 3d in a big way yeah that's cool that's cool to to hear how you've kind of progressed through and found your your way back and um yeah do you still are you still painting also i know you're obviously making amazing 3d work but does painting show up still in your process um, no, not really. I, um, I saw painting about, like, I'd say a year ago, maybe a little longer, maybe like a year and a half. And, um, kind of around the same time I started 3D. I mean, I did a couple paintings after I started 3D, but yeah, I just sort of, I think I burnt myself out because I was trying really, really hard to get really, really good at painting, like within a short period of time. And I would do it constantly. And I, I found it I just, like, yeah, I never picked it back up again. Um, I'm doing ceramics now, which has been really nice, but that's kind of just, like, me time. You know, I'm not trying to turn that into my official artistic practice, but it's I really like it. Yeah, yeah, the ceramics uh, pieces are that's super fun. So you're, you said that you're throwing, right? You're working out a wheel and making dimensional pieces? Yeah, it's all at a wheel, so. That's fun. And it's been really nice that way. Nice. Yeah, do you do you feel like that tactile analog process is informing any of the 3D work that you're doing now in a different way? Do you feel it symbiotically? I think yes, in a lot of ways. It's kind of bringing me more back into the real world. Um, I don't know if you remember my super early NFT art, but it was extremely digital, you know? And I found that over the time that I've been doing and it's become more and more physical and obviously I fell into robots really hard and I've kind of stuck with that because I just really enjoy that. But um, with ceramics, I'm definitely thinking a lot more about like organic forms and the physicality of things. And I've even thought about like pieces that I'm going to do now that I'm, you know, sort of working on art again. Um, yeah, no, totally. I didn't even think of it like that, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hadn't really put that together either. Like, I've been following along, saw that you were doing ceramics and stuff after you, you kind of took a Twitter break, I think, for a bit. And um, I was like, oh, that's cool. I love tactile analog process. And um, yeah, and just until this conversation, like, the piece that's pinned up top, continuum of, a continuum of a fragile heart, is very organically associated, you know? It's very warm compared to your... It's still mechanical, it's still robotic in nature, but it's still warm, very warm compared to like your lab, like your Clara Labs type robotic work. Um, that's pretty cool. I love that. Thanks. Um, yeah, that one, it's weird, right? It's weird getting, I guess, more realistic with it and more kind of grounded in reality with my art because it just felt like 3D was always been so detached from, I guess, my real life, but this sort of felt like the intersection between my real life and my artwork, which obviously my real life has always informed my art, but this felt like I was actually starting to take objects from my real life and places and situations and everything from my real life and bringing them into this extremely digital world in kind of a big way. And I feel like that's going to become more and more and more a part of my work, especially now that I have the the motion capture suit and other tools to, you know, bring 
bring uh, real world elements into my artwork. But it's been really nice. It feels like I've always really taken art as a form of therapy, and I think a lot of people have, but um, it's been really nice to talk about these things in such a visceral way, I guess, in that piece. So, yeah, 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 it definitely comes through. Like it, it has an element of like I'm drawn into it, and that I feel very uncomfortable. I'm like, wait, what's happening here? It's a very, um, it's really good. I don't know. I won't, I won't over overanalyze it just now. But yeah, I want to talk about that piece for a second, a little bit more. Um, if any, because people are going to be listening to this after the fact too. They won't be seeing the tweet live or real time. Also, if you're in the room right now and you don't mind sharing Claire's tweet about this work, um, spending some time with it, please, please do that. But yeah, Claire, can you tell us, can we focus in on just this piece for a couple minutes and you tell us a little bit about it? For sure. Um, it's actually funny. Um, like this piece, I guess, kind of came from my relationship with Calgary and my relationship with like living in Alberta in Canada and um, kind of, you know, about transitioning and everything inside of the prairies and in this kind of landscapes and like within the city. So, uh, yeah, it's it was brought on a lot by, I guess, it, it's hard to really summarize but it, a lot of it was brought on about kind of how my situation has continued to shift but like the landscape around it has sort of always remained the same and I've kind of grown like comfortable with that you know and I always had this idea that like one day I would just I guess run away and you know move somewhere else and that would solve a lot of issues but then I started to I guess the more I grew into my new self the more I realized that it's not really like how it works you know and so much of it just comes from within and the landscape only really informs that you know so um yeah this this piece has a lot of elements from my everyday life like with the like the needles and the sharps container and the um the coffee mugs and everything and the grass and um sort of like the barbed wire setting is just like I wanted to and the the dead grass and everything I just wanted to feel like very Alberta um and in a certain way it's like I wanted to feel like I'm trapped in there you know but I'm really not it's like a four inch high piece of barbed wire you know so like in all reality I could definitely like step over it but it's almost I guess me sort of it's like a weird weird love letter to my, um, like, my home and my family and, you know, the way that I grew up and sort of how things have changed over the years. That's, excuse me. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's so cool. You touched on so many things that I was curious about. And, yeah, definitely had the questions as I took a look at it and spent some time with it. You know, why why this choice or why that choice? Um yeah, thank you. Thank you for going into that. It's such a treat for me when, when artists spend time uh, talking about their pieces and, and sharing a little bit behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, yeah, when you when you talk, or sorry, when you put out art, do you hope that everything you want to get across is explicit? Or are you happy leaving things up to the the viewer to interpret? I think I'm kind of halfway between. I mean, I want people not to look at my art as, like, just aesthetics, you know? So I do always usually include an artist statement or some sort of, like, insight into the piece or what inspired it. I don't like telling people how they should feel about it, but I want the story, I guess, to be more evident, you know, because I think, like, as an artist it's really easy to be making a piece and just like I keep adding elements to it and be like oh like this makes sense this makes sense because like that's all coming from your experience right but when an outsider looks at it it's difficult to understand and you're almost like doing them a disservice because they don't know what the fuck is going on 
you know? And um, that's like one thing I've started to like learn about my work is I've always included all these elements, but I never really explained them before. So now I'm just like, I don't want people to feel left out by the piece and I don't want it to be unapproachable. And um, that's sort of, I got that from art school where they want your art to almost be as unapproachable and like, you know, you have to dive deep and like, in order to read it. And I don't like putting that boundary of like needing an education to understand my work Mm -hmm. or like feeling like somebody like isn't good enough to understand my work because they didn't go to art school (laughs) but it's like you know I don't I don't like that idea so yeah I usually include a bio or something or I've started putting plaques on everything now too so (laughs) it's like literally part of the piece is part of the explanation you know which I thought is kind of fun but yeah. Yeah, that is fun. It's it's a nice added added element of a uh, context and content. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for diving into that. I got a bit of what inspires you for your pieces from from the last couple of points we've talked about, but is there is there any element of who inspires you? Like people? Oh, I mean, tons of people like you know, Obviously, this piece was inspired by, like, my family and, you know, sort of, like, my childhood and, like, people I sort of, like, had in and out of my life for a long time. Um, my Lots of my pieces have to do with, like, relationships, so, like, different people I've been in relationships with. I mean, like, the first, like, six pieces I made in NFTs were all about my ex, or in a certain, in, in one way or another. Um it's like funny because that was like the worst heartbreak I ever went through, but it was the most inspiration I've ever got for art. Um, so yeah, it usually is about somebody or about like a relationship or kind of a situation or just like a way of expressing something. It's hard to put into words in another way. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mostly, most of the inspiration does come from people. Got it. I'd say. Yeah. That's cool to know. Yeah. And heartbreak is a, it's a beast yeah and art is such a great way to process that (laughs) absolutely totally yeah so when did you decide nfts were a thing that you were gonna you know is it before 3d after 3d work like i'd say it was after i started doing 3d so like a couple months afterwards i mean i sort of knew about nfts for a little while before I started um, publishing them. I started in, I think, September or October of 2020 is when I first started publishing pieces. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the first person ever told me was, like, one of my friends from school. He, like, sort of showed me stuff. It was, it was John Wolf, if you know him. Um, we went to school together, and he was sort of showing me, like, like what he was doing and kind of how his art was working and like making him money and stuff. And I think I was the only one from my school who was actually interested in that. So I kind of dived into it as well. And I'm really thankful that he showed me that, you know? Nice. Yeah. I'm not familiar with him or them. And if I, I don't know, I'm really bad with names and things. Sometimes people will be like, Oh yeah, this person, they'll show me their like, their online presence. I'm like, Oh yes. That's embarrassing. So I will, I will, uh, maybe you can share them with me and I'll dig into that. For sure. Yeah. And, um, I think when I officially like got started, the people helped me the most was like Kate Kirst and Cryptonatrix were like the first ones who really sort of held my hand through some stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I owe so much to Kate, right? Like we did our first, I, I did my first, or I sold my first piece to her. I'd say like my actual Genesis went to her. Um, and then uh, we did a bunch of collabs and stuff together. So she was definitely like the one who really like, you know, got me started. I'd say I probably would have quit if it wasn't for her. So oh, a lot. Yeah. Kate, Kate Kirst is amazing. Definitely. It was such a joy to, to chat with her also. Actually, today's Friday the 13th. Huh. Happy Kate Kirst Day. That's how I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
Nice. So we, we've talked about superware a bit, but where else can we find your work? Like, do you have stuff listed right now, um, off of superware too, or is it mainly there? Um, yeah, so I have some work on OpenSea. So I have my last piece, which was, um, the thought of you is bliss, which was the robot dog. So I think there's like three editions of that left. And, um, I have some stuff kind of all over the place. Like there's older work on foundation or, you know, there's always K-Bots or whatever. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything though. Lots of my work is on Rarible as well. If you want like an older Theralabs piece. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I think my main thing is definitely putting one of ones out on super rare. I might do another collection in the future, but it's, too much work and I find that my stuff has become so narrative so yeah it's probably just gonna be one-on-one from now on yeah for the foreseeable future yeah that's cool I like the k-bots too their their moment in time uh was was really really sweet and fun um but I also love your your current stuff and yeah your story driven your um I mean even the k-bots are story driven though too right they're always like I'm looking at your art page right now on your site and poppy <laughs> Poppy swinging in there in their seat. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. That's fun. So where are you headed then? You already mentioned a bit about one-on-ones and, and uh, narrative-driven things and super rare, but like even outside of Web3, you've talked a bit about home and like how that how how that relationship has changed. Um, tell us a bit about what you see for your future and, and what you're manifesting. I mean... I would love to get more involved in the art scene in my city. Just like, I've been kind of like thinking about, you know, opening a studio or something like that, like a pottery studio, painting studio kind of thing where people can rent space and stuff and like do like events and everything. That's kind of what I've been sort of throwing around the idea of. I mean, I'll always be doing art and probably always be doing NFTs, but um, I, I really want to connect with like my local community as well. Um, Probably, probably within Calgary for the foreseeable future. I don't really see myself moving away. You know, I do like it here. So, um, yeah, other than that, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'm just kind of going with it. So. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, in the local, the local connection point, that's awesome. I mean, I think that might be the thing going back to what we were talking about earlier, the thing that's going to help organically propel uh, more NFT adoption, more understanding of the the art versus collectible type of distinction. So having people starting to integrate that back into the the communities that they're a part of, their local worlds and their galleries, and bringing more artists into the into the space. That's really neat. People are lucky to have you nearby as part of their local community. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think having, you know, a direct community involvement is important in any situation, you know, not even just in the arts. But I think, like, it sort of dawned on me over the winter just how online I was with NFTs. So I've been trying to work on that. But it's, it's hard, you know, um, when you don't work on, you know, like at a job site and you're kind of just like, like online has kind of become the office, you know, like logging into Twitter or whatever. So I've just kind of been like sort of trying to find a healthier way to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> healthy, healthy balance is definitely top of mind uh, for me as well. That's totally a, it's like a day to day journey almost. I was trying to think of the best word for it. It's not really a struggle. It's more of a journey. It's like having the patience with yourself to, show up every day and see what it's going to bring you. And like you said already, like just rolling with it. You have some, some North star kind of direction points, but you're also open to what the, the journey is going to bring you. That's, that's a great way to do it. Great way to go about it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it'd be silly to not, you know, accept opportunities as they come, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what is one thing everyone should know about you? Anything top of mind? Oh my god! That we don't know already. I didn't. I didn't prep or preface this one. I don't think. I'm not sure. I feel like I post everything on the internet, anyways. 
han pasado? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I make all my 3D art myself from scratch. I don't download a bunch of assets, like 90%. That's, no, that's <laughs> awesome to know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a legit issue, I think. I mean, we, we could totally get into the, oh my gosh, I have strong opinions there, but that's awesome to hear. That's really cool. Thanks. Um, the only, I feel like the only 3D assets I don't use, make are like grass, you know? It's like, why would I, when I can use a plugin for that? I think, anyways, yeah, like I don't mean to rag on people who are like com compositional 3D artists. I think they have a time and place. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot to dive into there. Yeah, for sure. No, um, I can't believe you don't make every single blade of grass yourself. I, I just, you've, You've lost me. <laughs> Disappointed you. <laughs> no, totally, totally joking. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, that's definitely a deep, a deep topic. We don't need to, to go into the minutia of that, but, um, I hear you. Yeah. And there's definitely like a, a learning, learning moments for people and all of these things. I also forget too, in the NFT space, like I had the luxury of, through, I went through design school and took studio art classes as part of that. So not, not an arts degree per se, but anyway, through that, there's a lot of, especially in design world, a lot of licensing education and conversation that happens. And, um, a lot of people who are self-taught don't have the exposure to that. Right. And so I think that's a, it's a learning curve that I try and extend a bit of empathy to people, but it's something that we have to figure out how to help continue to educate each other on in the space. I think if anything for the health of the space and the collector, um, the collector body, but that's my soapbox. I'll get off it now. I totally agree. I think, I think you've got a really good point with that. Well, thank you. Um, I have, I have rapid fire questions for you that I also didn't prep you for. Um, but I do want to make sure that if people have questions, they can, um, come up and, and, ask them. Also, if, if you don't want to speak or you're not able to speak, you can always DM me a question. I'm monitoring those and I am happy to ask Clara a question on your behalf. Um, but yeah, feel free to request to speak during this next little session and uh, maybe we'll get some community questions for you. Are you ready for rapid fire? I'm ready. Awesome. Uh, what is your favorite color? Pink. I didn't see that coming, but I am looking at your art right now, and I probably could have guessed that. Um, favorite season? Um, early fall. Ah, that's a good one. Uh, super rare or foundation? Super rare. Additions or one of ones? One of ones. <laughs> I know. I feel like we already answered some of these. Uh, Discord or Twitter? Twitter. You can choose one equipment to use for the rest of your life to create anything with. What would you choose? Can I say my computer? Of course. Yeah. My computer for sure. Awesome. Um, you can collect one piece in the, let's say the entire world it doesn't even have to be web three, but you can collect one piece of art, no price limit. What would you, what would you go after? Uh, oh geez, I'd say probably Dancer Girl by Digga, if I could have anything. <laughs> I've always loved that piece. Oh no, um, the, the, the Death of Sardana Palace. I've always really loved that painting, but anyways, that, maybe that's a basic answer. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I'm going to have to go look that one up. My art history is shite. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, roadmap or no roadmap? <laughs> What's your favorite emoji? Do you even use emojis? I can't remember the last time I saw you use one. I do all the time when I'm texting. I'd say like the, the ooh eye face. I use that too much. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, does pineapple belong on pizza? Sure. Nice. I like that you don't have a have a strong opinion on that one. You're just like, yeah, 
Whatever. I feel like Hawaiian pizza is a very Canadian thing. That's funny. I don't... Okay. Hawaiian pizza is a very Canadian thing. <laughs> I like it. I never would have thought that. So, yeah, but that's true. Canadian bacon. Oh, my gosh. It's usually Canadian bacon uh, with pineapple, like here in the States is what they call it, which is essentially like ham. Oh, my gosh. Huh. All right. Um, those are my rapid-fire questions. I want to do a round of applause here. Thank you for participating. I just found my my little react buttons on my console the other day. That was a lot of fun um, for me. Sorry, I'm like, a, these are like my dad jokes. Like, this is what I get to do. This is my idea of fun now. Um, if nobody has any Q&A, that's totally fine. Claire, do you have anything that you wanted to share that we didn't that we didn't talk about? Um, not really. If anybody wants to say hi in New York, I'll be around. So, oh, nice. Come yeah. find me. NFT NYC, you're gonna you're gonna be there. I'll be there. Yeah. Are you participating in any uh, shows that you know of yet? Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm I'm part of a show. I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, so I can't really bring it up, but yes, I will be part of a show during the month of June. Awesome. In something to do with New York and all that, yes. Awesome. That's cool. We'll keep an eye out for it. I love to I love to hear it. All right. Well, that's all I have for you today. This has been highly enjoyable for me. I can't wait to go read uh the the tweet drama that you you uh, spun up, <laughs> apparently. Um, and also, thanks to your mom for being here. I'll give another wave. That's super sweet. Love to see that. And everybody in the audience, it's so great to meet some new faces and to see some returning ones. The support is so appreciated and huge. And um, yeah, I'll get this recording out as a podcast later today, Friday. And uh, if you see that come out, feel free to help share it around and get some more eyes on Clara's story and her art and general amazingness. All right. I will um, send us out with a bit of music. And yeah, thanks so much for being here, Clara. You're amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. We should do it again. For sure. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>